You're listening to the Fast Break Podcast with Carly Thibault Dudonis and J.J. Du. An all-access pass to the Fairfield University women's basketball program only on the Stag Sports Network. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Fast Break with Coach Carly Podcast. This is the first episode of 2024. This is uh, coming at a pretty fun time right now in Fairfield women's basketball because literally two hours when we're recording this episode, Fairfield women's basketball are receiving votes in the AP poll. That is one of the big new things for Fairfield basketball. It's a program first. In fact, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the three recent victories for Fairfield coming back after the holiday break, which brings the record now to 10 consecutive victories, which is the seventh longest active winning streak in the nation at time of recording, and also one of the longest streaks in program history. And joining us also in just a little bit is freshman roadrunner and basically now you can call it copy and paste award winner <laughs> Meg Anderson but Carly first off happy new year um vibes are electric right now in this group happy new year uh you know we're excited 2023 ended up uh being a pretty great end of the year and, and looking forward to what 2024 will bring but uh it's excited about our talk to talk about our team you know we're doing some some awesome things and I you know we always say it's fun doing awesome things with awesome people that it is. Um, when you first saw that there was the potential for this group to get votes, and we're not talking singular, multiple votes in the AP poll, I mean, <laughs> is this almost even a little bit ahead of where you even thought that this group could be right now? We know how special yeah. this group is. You you guys are with each other every mm-hmm. day. But, like, it, has this almost even come a little bit too quick? Because, like, the news is amazing, but it just <laughs> is like, wow, this is another new thing, another new thing, and we have to keep <laughs> kind of rolling with the punches. Yeah, you know, to answer your question, it's something that, to be honest, my staff and I and, and people like Meg who are in the room and a lot of our players came here to, to eventually do something like that and to do something that's not just, you know, good in the MAC and win the MAC and things like that, but, but to, to do something that's recognized nationally. And... You know, I, I would say we're probably a little ahead of schedule, um, but at the end of the day, this summer, you know, when I was asked about our team, we'd gotten eight weeks together as a team, and, you know, people would ask me, how's the team looking? And I knew, I'm like, I think we could be pretty good, but I was cautiously, cautiously optimistic at that point because you don't know until you put it together in front of really good teams that we've played against all year long what that's going to look like with, you know, transfers changing to some different habits and freshmen and how quickly that translates. So while I knew this was – something that this team could be capable of, um, you know, it has come together pretty quickly, and that's a testament to how our, our women on the team have worked. Yeah, no, it's a complete group effort, and I noted, or saw that you noted that very quickly mm-hmm. in the release, saying that it's not just a one-person effort, it's not just the women on the team, it's literally everybody that's involved with mm-hmm. this program from top to bottom that buy in, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's something about building on belief, but there's also something on building on just the confidence that they've shown and we'll get to it in actually the third of our three games where there was a little bit of adversity for the first time that this group has seen for a while but it seems like right now that anything that's thrown with this group at the moment they're able to handle it with not only just experience but just composure mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's the, the beauty of having we do have a bunch of returners as well that have been in games like that um but the, I think anything you, you throw at this team it's it's not pretty every single day by any means but because of the depth and the way that they've worked to develop really good habits um, while we might will have lapses here and there. We, we actually just talked about it this past week is that we don't, you know, rise to any occasion. We fall to the level of our of our habits and, and the work that we put in. So 
while we may, we've had some some you know ugly moments, and in particular, I'm sure you're talking about the moments in the Canisius game, but um, we do have you know veteran leadership and in uh, a lot of our guards, and and then we have a lot of players that are unafraid of big plays and big moments, um, which you know you put it all together with a group that loves each other and takes care of each other and plays really hard you know you get you get something special like what we're seeing right now well that's someone that would be sitting to our right <laughs> your left as we bring meg on for the first time meg thank you for taking a few minutes to join with us we try to get you on during the fall semester but something about those freshman academic schedules that make things really <laughs> difficult but first off i just kind of want to hear your perspective on how this season has gone for you thus far You're coming in new player um you know within college basketball's uh parameters but we've always noted on the broadcast how just seamless your transition has been to the college game for you it I know it's not that easy I know you've put in miles of work to get here but how has this year been for you I mean I love it um I think a big part of how my transition has been going is because of my team and because of the staff um they definitely made it a lot easier for me um, the connections that I've made have really have really made it possible for me to be able to step out on the court and not feel scared and not feel pressured. And then just to know that I have my teammates behind my back. And of course, also, there's always a transition from playing high school and travel ball to playing college ball. But, you know, we always speak about how great the group is in general about picking each other up, just pointing things out. And for you, who have you been kind of leaning on a little bit to like, you know, listen more than anything else? It's like, oh, yeah. And Carly mentioned in our last episode that you only need to be told once and you're going to get things going. So who, who are the people that you really like you're tuning in on? Maybe it's you know, could be Blake, perhaps, because I know the Roadrunners work through him. Or is it a, a player that you're kind of like really listening to what they have to say and pick uh, what works best for you? What I love about our team is that any given day, it could be it could be anybody. Um, today for me for practice, it was Isa. Um, a lot of practices, it's Kendall, it's Nellie, it's Nicole. It could be it can be Katie. Um, it's at the end of the day, it's really like that's what I love about our team. Like we're all here for each other. And stay tuned because this is going to become an Isa podcast very very soon. <laughs> There's a reason why I say that because we're going to talk about the Stonehill game which um briefly it was kind of a strange one carly because you guys had you said this on the last episode a very long break between games there's 11 days of rest which was the longest but that this group will have this season um obviously the holidays as well kind of first off take us through what the schedule is like i know the group finish up finals Mm -hmm. go home for the holidays how quick do they come back how quickly do you kind of get them right back or do you ease them a little bit into where you guys need to be and then you know that Stonehill game obviously in general so our last mat game was the 18th and you know sometimes I think there's a couple teams in our league that, that scheduled a game between there and the beginning of the holidays and we decided to schedule on the back end which I'm, I'm thankful for uh, now looking backward as we kind of take inventory of what we liked and what we didn't like but so we had a little bit of a, a longer extended break before Christmas um, and that that was nice because we had uh, finals, I think, through the 20th or 21st. So we kept them there another day or two to do some lifting and, you know, finish up finals and things like that. But then they got six days for Christmas, which is very unusual in college basketball. I think in my years, the longest I've ever gotten is four. Um, but I do think it, you know, it's a group of humans that you, you do need rest. And if you have the opportunity to, I tell our team all the time, be where your feet are, spend time with family and spend time with friends. I think that's just as you know, important as pounding on the court and yep. being able to recharge and be your best self. So I think that was a great time. Um, I think we were a little bit sluggish coming back. Uh, we, we brought the team back the night of the 26th and, and started to work our way back in. And, and huge testament to this team, though, that they do 
you know, they take some workouts from our strength coach. So it's not just six days of, you know, sitting on the couch doing nothing. I know a lot of them, Meg being one of them that you're, you know, you forced her to take a couple days off um, because she would work all six days otherwise. But um, I think it's a balance of, of still continuing to move. And then we had about four days of practice leading into Stonehill. And I do think we, we played with a little bit of rust to sure. start that game um, for sure. Uh, and, and then that's what, you know, that's, I think that's why we decided to, to schedule that game there before you get back into conference play to kind of, get another tune-up before you, you head back into the MAC. Yeah, I was very interested to know, like, because I know this coaching staff is very data-driven. You guys are looking a lot into things, and even just the small sample size from last year. So when, you know, you, the rest of the coaches are putting together the schedule, not just when you're going to play that game before, either it's before the holidays or right after, but the practice workload, the workload that goes on when the group is away. Because as you said, it's so important. Obviously, the holidays, you want to be around your family, but you also just want to take some time away from competition because your body, whether you want to admit it or not, sometimes your body just needs it. So when you guys are developing that plan, you know, what data points are you looking for? Well, certainly, you know, that when you put together a schedule, a lot of it is kind of having a balance of up games, similar games, you know, games maybe that are lower in net and things like that. So Coach Blake is the is the expert on that. But that's something that it's really important, you know, knowing when you're either heading into conference play or having a game in the middle of conference play of of getting the right balance. And, you know, shout out to Coach Blake for for our schedule. I think he did a great job of setting us up to be successful in conference play in all of that this year. Um, And there's a whole formula that goes into that that I won't bore you with now. Um, but I do think that, that, you know, shout out to Stonehill. They, they, I think they challenged us early on that game for sure. And it, it made it, you know, we had to kind of wake up and at halftime readjust and recalibrate a little bit. And then I was proud to see how we, you know, we came out in the second half and, and took care of the business the way that we knew we, we could have probably earlier on. No, for sure. And Meg, um, in that Stonehill game specifically, I know that they did present a lot of different challenges and credit to them. They made adjustments to make things difficult, especially we saw a little bit in the central game where, um, Central made it hard to get shots from the outside. Everything had to be inside Stonehill, same conference, but they kind of did the same thing for you. I no- noted that you took a lot more touches inside. You're demanding the ball inside against Stonehill. Um, what were some of the things that you and your teammates were discussing, just you know, getting it from the coaching staff during halftime, but then right before you get back on the floor, it's like, okay, we need to play Fairfield basketball, not play Stonehill brand of basketball. You can definitely see in the beginning of that game, like we had a lack of connections, a lack of just like – urgency I think and that's something that we pride ourselves on that we're normally like that's that's who we are connections urgency and that was part of the reason why it was we faced like that adversity Mm -hmm. but I think like talking about that and the reason we got post touches we got one more pass is like it's because of that yeah and you also had a lot of different lineups within your own system as well because whether it was you and Amina down low whether it was you and Mackenzie Deliba who we'll (laughs) speak about in a second you know how much are you guys working on the fly to like make sure that everyone's on the same page communication obviously has to be there but like making sure that you all know your roles and responsibilities within the system on every different sequence that's something we work on in practice all the time you know we're always on different teams changing it up a bit just trying to get those connections to get that kind of like to be able to work like that together and like you said we're talking about mac soon but i think she did a great job with that let's talk about Mm -hmm. mac because We've said this on a few broadcasts where when she comes into games, she makes an impact on games. And boy, did she make an Mm -hmm. impact on that. She always has this tenacity about Carly. When she gets the ball in her hands, it's go. 
everything is play downhill, play towards the basket. And for that 10-minute sequence, Stonehill could not hang with her. Well, one of the things going into that game is we had particular areas we wanted to just be disruptive defensively and take away certain you know, touches on the floor in certain areas on the floor. And to, to Meg's point, we didn't have a great sense of urgency to start the game. Um, and, you know, you can you can credit that to rust or whatever it may be, but we didn't have the, the focus and, and tenacity we wanted to on the defensive end. Um, and, and side note, one of the things about this team, it's really easy to talk about our offense, but our defense is really what spurs that. And so that's a huge part of why I think we were stagnant early in that game. And so, you know, early on, my staff and I were like, you know, we know we – know Mac is someone that is very capable of disrupting in the areas that we want her to. And so immediately she went in and, to your point, made an immediate impact uh, defensively that led to early scores on offense and, and things like that. So, you know, all game long, I thought she was incredibly disruptive um, and, and got us early and easy looks in transition that we thrive off of. No, that she did. And it, it's I noted this in the last episode how this team just thrives off every person's successes. And, I mean, all of a sudden, I watched the game back. You, you see in the first half, heads aren't down, but you can see the body language is there. All of a sudden, Max first drive, everyone just like, oh, this happened. Mm-hmm. Second drive, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. and everyone is just fired up. And I mean, it's a tough game, right? But sometimes if those little lifts come, it just makes life not that much easier, but just m- much more enjoyable. And that's that's this team, and I feel like I, I feel like a broken record mm-hmm. talking about this team, but there are so many different people that can step up in different ways, and people bring so many different skill sets and values and you've seen that you know you can point to pretty much any game on the schedule this year where you know while Meg is you know quietly dropping 20 and 30 every game you have somebody else that gives like I thought you know we'll get to other games but Beach gave us a huge lift in Canisius and you know you go down the line Isa gave us a huge lift in in Niagara and we have such depth and such variety and such such versatility that you're going to see somebody and and it's the the beauty of just staying ready when it's going to be your moment and not forcing it and it'll come when it's when it's your time. And Niagara found that out unfortunately <laughs> for them the hard way because mm-hmm. we fast forward a couple of days later by the way that score of Stonehill was 72-49. We moved to the Niagara game, kids day out game, which kind of a nice experience for all of us because Fairfield will host that in about a month time. For Meg, was that your first ever 11 a.m.? I mean, maybe you played at some early games, but we game had a Lipscomb with... game at 11 a.m. Oh, we did have a Lipscomb yeah. at 11, yep. but now with kids there, <laughs> that must have been a different experience for you. It was so loud in there; it was crazy. <laughs> I texted a friend. I was like, "This," and I apologize. This might be a joke a little bit. A few years before you, <laughs> I felt like the uh, production team took out the crowd noise from mm. Cheap Trick live at Budokan and just <laughs> stuck that underneath because it was literally loud-pitched, loud screams for 40 minutes, which was really two-plus hours of <laughs> basketball. But you guys came out like a house on fire, 31-8 to in the first quarter, shooting at 73% Isa. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Isa mm-hmm. because she was slicing and dicing in that game to the tune of six assists, had seven assists the game before. And Meg, for you, when you're seeing Isa run the show like she does, how much easier does your game become? You just, you, you, I like watching you guys stand all around the perimeter, waiting like, okay, we're getting the ball at some mm-hmm. point here yeah. because Isa is going to find us. I know she's she's someone that's so easy to play with. You know, you know she's gonna find you. Whether it's on rim runs, it's on post touches, one more passes. Like she's just someone that I love playing with. Absolutely, um, and I mean for you, then you got hot. The rest of the team got hot. It was six of eight from deep. There was a 14-3 run to start. 13-0 run to 
with the middle part of the second quarter, which again, these are just unbelievable stats. We also knew that Niagara was going to bring their their style, their brand of play chaotic basketball and try to turn you over. But in fact, it was Fairfield, Carly, that was turning them over. And I know the game changed a little bit when Aaliyah Parker picked up early foul trouble, but you can't just look on that one moment because Fairfield have had those situations many times before in the past, but you didn't let just one player not being there kind of change the game. It was just full throttle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we set the tone early. I think one of the things that Niagara is a, is an incredibly tough team to play against. Um, and we know that going in and, you know, for us, we know we're really good. We t- we talk about it all the time when we actually get shots at the rim because we're yeah. good shooters and we're, we're highly, you know, high efficient scorers. And so it's being able to kind of, have some poise in the in the chaos and you know get past that early pressure you know doubles in the backcourt and you know people running at your dribble and then you know the beautiful thing is that you're throwing it up to Meg who banks three threes to start the game and Katie who banks in a three to start the game um, and then you kind of get some confidence going and so while the, that game certainly wasn't perfect you know we, I don't even want to talk about the number of turnovers that we had but regardless you know we we're, we're really good at um, being efficient in how we score when we do stay on offense and then um, you know, credit to us. I thought our first half defense was was really good, uh, and credit to our team, I should say, in that yes, we were scoring, but we also were getting it done on the defensive end. That that kind of separated us early on and gave us a cushion that we needed. Yeah, you need, and I'll speak about the second. You talk about the turnovers, though, because it, that was a strange. There was many strange sequences, but the amount of times where you guys get turned over, but then immediately turn Niagara back over, jump balls, players diving on the floor. Meg, for you in those types of games, how much do you have to keep your head on a swivel knowing that, okay, we make a mistake, but there's still a chance that we could still salvage us, get the ball back, keep it in our possession? Especially with a team like Niagara, the whole game, you can't rest in that in like those type of situations. I think what really helped me was the composure that our guard showed you know, with the press because – their press is tough to beat. Like I, I can see that. And then, but it's because of the composure, like the poise that Nelly, Katie, Nicole, Isa, they all had. Like that's what led to our open shots in the other court. Well, for you on a day where you had thirty points, um, <laughs> I asked this to Nelly last show. This was about the Sacred Heart game for her. That sh- some players, when they're in that zone, they just don't think, they don't remember these types of games because of the fact that they're so locked in. Do you remember that Niagara game? <laughs> it's a genuine question. Like, do you remember how the sequences played out? I mean, yeah, I do. Um, I think for me, a lot of the shots that I got were because, you know, Kendall was, like, forcing the defense to come out for her, so she got the one more passes. Um, we had people cutting. We had people driving to the rim, getting um, drives and kicks, and I think that's majority of where a lot of that came from and people rebounding and all that. I mean, the stat line shows, and the one that I love, Carly, you know I'm going to bring it up, 22 assists and Mm -hmm. 28 made baskets. Mm -hmm. Team sharing the ball, playing selfless basketball. And then the player that you want being the most selfless, (laughs) Iza, coming up, which, by the way, the the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter, when it was at 15 points, I was watching the game at home, I'm thinking – Ooh, that 15-point scoreline might not stay there for too long because the way that Niagara plays, I could easily get down to six in a minute. She comes up, quick eight points, two threes, and a basket underneath. 14 points for her, which is a season high. I mean, that had to feel great for her just to know that she's been a facilitator the whole time, but when the time came, she stepped up and made some plays offensively. Isa played like uh, the grad, you know, the six-year senior that we, we know that she is, and I think for her, not only did she gain confidence early of like, you know, sharing the basketball to Meg's point of she found a, a lot of success early creating for her teammates. And so then that obviously opened her up late. But 
you know, we needed every every bucket that she had. You know, obviously Nelly had foul trouble in the in late in that game, and so um, I thought she did a great job of keeping us poised, keeping us together, and then again being ready when the moment um, came came back to her, and she stepped in with confidence. And to be honest, that that's not surprising to me. That's something that she's shown. Uh, and, you know, she's been here about a year and a half now that she's shown that she can do. And I, the, a huge credit to her mindset in just wanting the team to win, doing whatever is, uh, is necessary for our team to win. And, and last year, she, you know, she'd be the first to tell you, you know, she wanted to score. She wanted to be the go-to. Um, and now she's evolved. It's like, I just want our team to win and take this thing as far as we can. And, and so in that moment, it was her banging a couple shots and having six assists. So a uh, huge credit to her. And I'm, I'm proud that she's, you know, leading our team in that way. Definitely. Game's over at that point. First off, um, how much overtime did the ice machines have to put in after that game? Because my goodness, that was one of the more physical games you will see in quite a long time. Yeah, you know, you know, it's going to be like that when you play them. Um, and and Kayla, our strength, our, our trainer, and Dave, our strength coach, do a great job. They were both on the trip. You know, obviously doing some some things after the game, and they they did some movement and activation the next day to obviously get us ready to go against. Canisius, but you know it's going to be a battle when you play Niagara, and that that's one of the things. Again, you go back and look at our depth; that you're not relying on just five, six, maybe seven people to to break the press. Yeah, we played, you know, nine in that game, and and it allowed us to to not feel like we were, you know, Dunzo going into Canisius. Definitely. Now, the thing that I will ask before we get to the Canisius game is because we spoke after the Nashville trip about, you know, this is an opportunity where you guys are staying in a hotel for three, four nights, you have a chance to have an, an experience. I know for every group, it's a, for some players, a new chance to be up in Buffalo. I know you guys saw uh, the fireworks show over Niagara Falls. Meg, for you, that must have been just like in general to have new experiences. Uh, was that uh, – what did you enjoy out of that outside of the uh, playing basketball, I guess, for that trip? Um, I think just getting to spend time with my team. I feel like you don't always get that where you go, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's like – a plus to this school, to the staff, and everybody here. That I want, I want to be around them. Gotcha. Anything else that we didn't see that you guys did, like team outings or something like that, in addition to the fireworks show? Uh, we actually, as a team, watched the men's game the next night. Um, so oh, cool. we, we huddled together in our in our film room at <clears throat> at our hotel and watched the men's game and supported them. And you know, it's it's been really fun to to support them as well. They're having, obviously having a great season, so it's fun to see. You know, all of our women get into that and, and support them from afar as well. A combined 18-game win streak. We can't not talk about <laughs> that either. That's um, You don't see many schools, Carly, I don't care what level, that has that big of a combined basketball program win streak. So uh, Chris and their guys are doing an amazing job at the Place moment. special. Come run with the Stags. Love that. We, uh all right, fair enough. I'm going to go ahead and do the promotion. Guys, uh, for those that are looking for tickets, Fairfield Women's Basketball have two home games this week. We'll get to that in a bit, but Thursday against Iona, Saturday against SiennaFairfieldStags.com, the place to go. Uh, Joe and Cam in the ticket office, love those guys. I want their days to be very busy between mm-hmm. now and the final whistle of those games. So let's see you out at the Leo for those games. So now we move to Canisius. That was a battle. They're a good team. Sahar is a good coach. She's got them rolling right now. Um, I watched them, I want to say right around Thanksgiving, they played a, a couple of games that I was interested in tuning into because they're a very different team than the last time we saw them. A lot of players out, a lot of new players in, but they look like an experienced group, and they can hurt you in many similar ways that Fairfield can hurt teams. So it felt like that was going to be an even game from the start. They had their moments. You guys had your moments. Um the early foul trouble was something that was interesting to 
navigate because both teams had players in early trouble. And when you were talking with the staff, either on the sidelines during the games or halftime, what adjustments needed to be made? Because it seemed like every time there was just the slightest contact was going to get called for both ways, I should say. I think our team adjusted first quarter to second quarter for sure. You know, they were obviously calling it tight with, with hand checks and, and like things like that on the perimeter. Um, so we, we addressed that really early on going into the second quarter because they, they shot, I think, 10 free throws in the first quarter. Uh, and and I don't believe that they shot any, maybe one in the second quarter. So we did adjust as far as being a little bit more disciplined, um, being a little less handsy, but still being, being you know, physical in how we pressure the basketball and, and switch and things like that. So finding that balance of, of still being aggressive with discipline. Uh, and we definitely adjusted there. And then and then we just made some adjustments once we went into the second half as far as, you know, how we're going to take some cer- certain things away. I think for the most part we did a really good job on the game plan um, that we went, you know, put in place defensively. Uh, and we made a a couple small adjustments to, to continue to take away. Obviously, CC Aleko is a, is a handful in the paint, um, and her getting in early foul trouble obviously uh, hindered them in, in similar ways that we had some foul trouble. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think for us, it was the first time we'd really been in a game in the second half um, in, in maybe almost a month. And so for us to have to kind of regain some composure, um, I, you know, I would say for us to, to continue to be the same team regardless of the circumstances, and we're going to be in close games, and yeah. we're not going to win every game by 15, 20, whatever it is. And so I think it was a really good moment for us to have to regroup and take a step forward as we now get – every game is going to be a battle in the MAC, and it's a it was a really good test for us, and, and Kanisha's a great team. She's doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And, Meg, for you during the course of that game, as Carly said, it was the first time that an opponent had a lead on this team in a month. Uh, it was late in the third quarter, but then you guys go ahead and put together an impressive run. It was a 14-0 run late in the third quarter to get some breathing space. I mean, you on the floor, what were some of the things that you're seeing, especially where you had a lot of different matchups underneath with the likes of Aleko getting into foul trouble, Alexa Athena getting into, or yeah, Athena Alexa, I should say, getting into foul trouble. So you had different matchups. So how are you adjusting during that one? I think for me, it was more. It was about not letting them rush rush me, not letting them change the way that I play or the way our team plays. And I think that's eventually what kind of led us to that run. We didn't let them like speed us up. We played our game. Um, yeah, it was it was a battle. Um, it, it was. But those games are fun, you know. You you want it to be close like that sometimes. And how much fun is it when you know out going every time that you guys are playing, you're going to be receiving the best version of your opponents because they're. You know, let's face it. Any team that's at the top of a league is always going to have a little bit of a target on your back. Fairfield obviously getting this national notoriety. There's going to be that little bit more. You're going to face the best of everybody now. But the competition-wise has to be great for you all going out there knowing, like, yeah, we're going to get the best of everyone. Let's go out and, for your perspective, let's go out and beat them. I think I think it's a test for, you know, how we play through, mm. through that adversity. Because, um, yeah, it's great to beat teams by what we've been beating them by. But I think to go up against a team like Canisius and to have to face that adversity and have the, those close games, I think it's a test to see, like, who's going to be the tougher team? Who's gonna? Are we going to be the ones that are going to continue to play how we play, or are we going to let them change that? Definitely. Well, the result of that 64-51 to Fairfield, which ups the record to 12-2, and or 12-1, and I should say, 10 straight on the bounce. Uh, the 12-1 and one record I did confirm this morning. One more win would then be the best start in Division One era of Fairfield women's basketball, which would be an amazing statistic. Uh, already in the top five of longest win streaks as well. But it's just it's a run that's gotten everybody uh, fired up. I mean, even throughout the course of the holidays, walking around town and people are talking about this group. And I know we'll get about 
the uh, the matchups, Carly, in just a couple of minutes, but it, it's just a good time right now, and we obviously it's one game at a time. We're not making things too big or too small, just working just as if it's another day at the office. But it we have to enjoy these the good moments, right? And, and not just uh you know just have that complete mindset of business like okay, it's just straight to the next one. Like this is good times right now. You want to celebrate, uh, and we, we kind of always joke of like you, you know you enjoy it till midnight, and then you turn the page and you move on. Um, I've been. I, it's it's interesting that you say this. I when I got to be a part of those Mississippi State runs, you know, people are asking, you know, what's it like going to the national championship game, and you just kind you just kind of keep working as you said, business as usual. But you do want to enjoy the moments and the process of it, and I think that's among many things what makes this group so special is that the day to day is enjoyable. Yeah, it's not a grind. You're gonna have days and drills and practice. I'm sure Meg would tell you there's a few drills that are a grind. Um, but generally they enjoy doing it together and they enjoy being around each other. Um, and it makes the, it makes the process enjoyable. You don't have to remind yourself to be, you know, enjoying the moment and, in, in reflecting on it, you're just enjoying what you're doing with the people you're doing it with. And I think that that, you know, makes up a lot of the, the, maybe the days that we're lacking or not making shots or not, you know, as, as playing as well as we can be. I think it, it fills in the cracks of when we need it to, because it's a group that it's just fun to be around and they enjoy each other and they care about each other. So um, while you kind of want to stop and reflect on that, you also just, we're just, I think we're just enjoying the ride. Absolutely. And it makes getting up the next morning a few hours later to go and recruit mm-hmm. for future stags mm-hmm. a lot easier. Um, Meg, there's a couple of things that Janelle talked about in our last show about you that I kind of wanted to talk to you about and get your thoughts off. First off, I told you about this before that Nellie was saying that apparently your freshman year, you are about her height. Mm-hmm. Which, for those that are not quite <laughs> sure, that's about like seven or eight inches shorter than where you are right now. Sorry, Nelly. Uh, this is just the statistics I'm As only reading in front of. Short person, uh, no offense taken. <laughs> I'm fair enough. No comment. <laughs> I'm only average size myself, folks. Um, but in that respect, that she was saying you're a guard early on in your high school career, and then all of a sudden, as Nelly said. Is this the same Meg Anderson? Well, there it is, because now you're a roadrunner. Um, so, what was that like for you? You know, just change. I mean, maybe not changing your game, but kind of going through the ropes of learning about the positions, learning about yourself in the high school game, and then transitioning over here to playing college ball. I mean, I'm so thankful for you know Coach Blake, the whole staff, because without that summer transition, I definitely think it'd be so different. Because I had to learn, I had to learn a lot especially like roadrunner perspective, like footwork, playing with my back to the basket. Cause I was never really like, I've, I've posted up before, but it was never really something that was like, I needed to work on cause it wasn't really part of my game. Um, but I think adding that into my game has helped me. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a transition. Transition. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I'm also cute. Oh, go ahead. To, to cut you off. But that's one of the things to be honest, when we, when I, the first time I watched Meg, she was actually already committed um, to Fordham. And, and one of the things that I loved about her, even not knowing that I was going to get the opportunity to coach her, is that it was her versatility and her ability to guard multiple positions and play off the bounce and shoot the three and finish in the paint. And, and so to your point, you know, she was a guard at one point. Um, and, and to be honest, she still plays like a guard in our, in our system. Also, she can go post you up if you're smaller than her and, and can score in a variety of ways. And one of the things that we always talk about just in the way that we want to recruit is – why limit yourself to just be a post player, or just be a guard? We have Iza that posts up as a guard, and we have Meg that plays out on the perimeter, and and that's the versatility I think that's allowed our, our group this offensive freedom. Um, but that's one of the things that stood out to me about Meg immediately the first time I saw her is her versatility and her ability to score in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and I think that is going to talk about the fact that you know the opportunity presented itself for maybe for you to come to Fairfield. What 
you know, you were look obviously seeing what Fairfield was doing last year in your senior year of high school, but I was curious, you know, what was the big thing for you that said, yeah, I see myself being a Fairfield player for the next four years of my life? Meeting the coaching staff. On, I mean, Coach Carly was <laughs> – she was still in Minnesota when I visited, so I met her on FaceTime. Um, but the rest of the staff was here, and I feel like – I feel like that was a big part for me because I loved the school already. I knew it was a great school. And I didn't really even get to meet um, a lot of the girls at that point. Um, but just from what the coaches were telling me, how they saw me in their system, how they – like the type of culture that they wanted to build, that was something that I saw myself playing for, and I couldn't be more grateful for that opportunity. I'm kind of curious in asking this. When you're playing high school senior year, take for example, when you're – talking with your teammates, your high school teammates, your club teammates about like, you know, what are the things you guys are going through in your recruiting process and what are you looking for? When you discuss it with those girls, what were some of the things that stood out? Like where, why you want to go to a certain place? A lot of it was um, coaches and the type of players that they're going to be surrounded with. I feel like that was a big part for me, at least getting to meet the girls. That was part of the reason why I originally committed to Fordham. Mm -hmm. It was right after I'd met the girls and gone on a visit with them. So I think just the type of people that I'm going to be surrounded with, you know, because they're like my second family. So I feel like that's important to make sure I'm surrounded by good people. Well, it definitely looks like you've made that second family right here definitely, at Fairfield. Yeah. So selling point, check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, I had, I had at that point when, you know, she decided to, to decommit and, you know, I love this is a med to a T, didn't make a fanfare of it, didn't want to do much. And she just was like, I just want to find my home. And so. I was actually uh, doing a garage sale in Minnesota, moving out of our house, and her her coach was like, "Can she come tomorrow?" I was like, "Well, I'm in Minnesota," um, and then there was a dead period coming up as she was getting ready to head out on the road uh, to AAU, and so we made it happen. But you know, my staff's amazing, and it's you know, I think I don't want to speak for Meg, but I would take my staff over anybody in the country, and they're incredibly genuine, and um, we try to you know be who we are, and, and what you see is what you get, and I. I I hope that you would feel that's, that way. <laughs> honestly, like, that's right to the point because I feel like exactly – I know I wasn't recruited for that long before I committed, but how I was recruited, like, coaches are the same. Like, yep. you, you get what what you get during recruitment, and that's what I think was, like, rare a lot. Definitely, which is why Coach E always says, run with us. Mm, <laughs> you run can with run, with, run with the stags. Um, by the way, you guys are putting in the miles even during um, – during season time, how much for you guys? I mean, we don't have to talk about you know what this, how crazy the schedule is like, but balancing for the coaches, going you know games to your own practices, and then all of a sudden going to location X, and I gotta now you know make sure I'm ready to not only represent this brand, represent this program, but like gotta be sharp to keep an eye on some of those you know someone that wants to come play with us because as we've said it enough the representation of the player is one thing but if you guys are like man we're in this like we're in the season right now it, it's got to be difficult right it, you know you have to you have to plan ahead and be yep. organized and be ready but to be honest I, I really enjoy recruiting um it's something that I've hung my hat on a lot as an assistant into now and and I think you've heard me, me talk about this before but as a head coach I try not to approach coaching and relationships and recruiting any differently um I still want to have the same relationships I had as an assistant coach and I still want to be really involved in the recruiting process. It's not just, you know, the assistants recruit somebody and then, and then bring them to me. And when it, when it's all said and done, as I, I enjoy getting to know people. And I think that's why our team gets along the way that they do is that we bring in people that fit and we bring in the, the, the values and the culture that we want. Um, and that's a, a huge shout out to coach E and my staff for that. And they do a lot of the, the groundwork on that as well. 
Um, but I, I don't dread recruiting. I love it. Um, you know, sometimes the, the 7 a.m. wake-up call after two hours of sleep when you get back from Niagara is not ideal, but it, it takes what it takes, you know. Yeah. And I want to I want to be thorough in who we're bringing here because it's part of the reason why we've been able to, to have some of the success. Awesome. I'd- love that. All right, so this is kind of the last part of our show today is we're going to have a chance to talk about back-to-back home games and a home weekend, which is much better than taking the bus up to Niagara on a Wednesday. Mm. But um, it's Iona on Thursday and then Siena on Saturday. Iona, of course, the defending MAC tournament champions. Different-looking team uh, than from when we last saw them, which was uh, here in December 22 at that point. So it's a long old time since the Gales have come to town. But... um, you know they have they're just coming off of their first league win on the season against Maris uh, Natalia Oatka Missouri with a 38 mm-hmm. point performance you know, flowers to her because that's an unbelievable showing uh, she's sixth in the league in points per game Ella Fajardo currently running second in assists per game at a little over four and a quarter so where are some of the ways that Iona could be dangerous and without giving too much away where can Fairfield uh, make their head on that day uh they're incredibly well coached and i can say that um with personal knowledge because their their coach coach Ange was actually my assistant coach in college when i played so she does a great job and had obviously done a great job turning around fdu a place that had not seen success like that until she got there and so um defensively they're incredibly disciplined um they you know they they know exactly what they're trying to take away from you they're going to make you work for and earn everything you get offensively which would be a really great challenge for us um, and then they do have, you know, you mentioned their point guard, their, their, you know, their post player transfer in from FDU has done a great job as well. Um, and al- along with a lot of players that were a part of that run, um, you mentioned Oka, Missouri, uh, Judith Gomez, uh, they, you know, they're starting four players. Same thing. They have a lot of players that have been a part of successful teams, similar to what we inherited with Janelle Brown and Lauren Beach and things like that. And Mimi Rubino. So we, uh, you know, the returners that we have now. And so they do have a great mixture of knowing how to win as well as players that know Coach Ange's system. So they're going to they're gonna make us earn it. Um, and we're going to see a team that, that can score from a variety of positions as well. The other home game would be on Saturday the 13th, Siena, 2 o'clock, starting again. Get your tickets now. We want to see you in the stands at the Leo. That's on Saturday at 2, fairfieldstags.com, to go get your tickets. Siena, uh, who will play Niagara on another 11 a.m. game, so they'll get uh, a nice and early start. That's their home game. They're 2-2 two and two in the league thus far. They do have a good portion of their lineup coming back that came back from last year. Uh, reigning MAC Rookie of the Year, Elisa Mevius, who's currently leading the MAC at over four steals per game and nearly four assists per game. Uh, Teresa Sapala and Anaja Brown are still there. I know, obviously, focusing on Iona right now, then you get to Siena in due course. But that's going to be another tough opponent. This is not just two teams that are in the middle of the conference standings right now. Both of those teams could very well be there on the last day of the year. Absolutely. And and that's the beauty of this league is that there is a lot of depth and you know, you, you see some of these teams that they'll end up cannibalizing each other because there are, there are so many good teams. And that's a team that, you know, we we hadn't beaten yet. And so we obviously, while we're not going to overlook anybody, you know, we have to take care of business on, on Thursday 1st. Obviously, that, that every game you, you step to now is going to be important. Um, and, and obviously, it's a big week for us. Absolutely. So, guys, thanks so much, Meg. Thank you for coming on. And Thank you for having me. That uh, copy and paste now seven-time MAC Rookie of the Week, <laughs> two-time Player of the Week as well likely it will feel like we're going to see a few more of those before the season. Best of luck the rest of the way this Thank year. You. Shout out to Meg. I didn't get to brag on her on this on this podcast, but one thing I want to say about Meg before we get off is of that uh, not only is she incredibly talented, but she's about as humble as, as it comes, and she could be a real pain in the ass right now if she uh, – if you know she had a big ego and anything like that, but she you know she credits her teammates as you heard her do you know this entire podcast. 
Um, but that's truly who she is at her core. You know, she probably shudders at any – the first time I ever told her she was Rookie of the Week, she kind of just was like gave me a blank stare. And I was like, yes, you can you can be happy. You know, you're allowed to smile about that. But she's about as humble of a superstar as you can find. And, um, you know, she's going to be a, a, a great one for the Stags for, for a lot of years. The fact that we have Meg Anderson for another three years <laughs> after this makes everybody smile. Mm-hmm. So good job to you, Carly, and the staff bringing her in. Thanks, Carly. We'll see you uh, in a couple of weeks' time when we next chat. Uh, we're going to have – uh, right before Quinnipiac away, Kanisha's home on this platform, so we'll talk with her then. Go Stags. Go Stags. We'll talk to you all next time. That was the latest episode of the Fast Break with Coach Carly Podcast. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at StagsWBBall on Twitter slash X and FairfieldWBB on Instagram. We'll see you guys in just a couple of days. The Fast Break Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags women's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.